0: And if you would, look with me to Philippians chapter 4. Now, the message this morning is going to be similar to the message that uh, we, uh, we mentioned as we preached last Sunday morning. There's going to be various places in the Bible where we are going to look up Scripture. And so if you would have your Bible nearby you this morning, don't have it stray far from you because we're going to look up a couple Bible verses in the Scripture today as we go to the Word of God this morning. And I uh, trust in the Lord, will speak to our hearts as we hear from His Word today. But we are going to start in Philippians chapter number 6. Now, if you've been with us on Sunday mornings here recently uh, in the month of June and the month of July as well, to go along with our theme, we've been preaching messages throughout the course of the year of things that as children of God, we need to be always abounding in. And uh, the last several Sundays, again, going back to June and now into the month of July, we've been preaching a, little, a, a short series of messages on the importance of always abounding in prayer. Always abounding in prayer. I think as God's people, I trust if you, if you would claim to be a Christian today, you would agree with this, I trust, that at times we need to hear preaching about prayer because I'd say that probably every one of us would acknowledge the fact that our prayer life could be better, uh, there could be some improvements made in our prayer life and that's what these messages in June and July have been all about. We've been examining our prayer life. And what we've touched on is some different types of prayer that we find in the Bible and we're gonna deal with the last one of those types of prayer this morning. And we're going to touch on how we see that in the Bible. And I trust it will be a blessing and encouragement to you today. But just to review, uh, several Sundays ago, we went to Daniel chapter number 2. And in Daniel chapter number 2, we saw one of those types of prayer. We saw that prayer is not just asking, but prayer is thanks and praise. And so when we pray to the Lord, we need to spend some time thanking Him And spending some time praising Him for how good He has been to us and what He has done for us in our lives. If you're saved today, when's the last time you've prayed and just said, God, I want to thank You. I want to thank You for saving me. I want to thank You for loving me. I want to thank You for dying for me and shedding Your precious blood for me. When's the last time, if you're a child of God, when's the last time you've done that? We need to spend some time just thanking the Lord for His goodness to us what He's done for us, what He's doing in our life, what He'll do for us in days to come, and thanking God for His character and His goodness and all the things that we can thank and praise God for. Then we went to Daniel chapter number 9, and we talked about another type of prayer that we saw in Daniel chapter 9. Remember we told you we would see a similar type of this prayer in Ezra, chapter number 9, and in Nehemiah, chapter number 9, as well. But we specifically dealt with uh, uh, Daniel, chapter number 9, and we talked about the prayer of confession. So prayer is not just asking, but prayer is thanks and praise. And prayer is not just asking, but prayer is confession as well. And the Bible tells us, as a child of God, we ought not to... Re, we ought. Uh, the Bible says, if, if we regard iniquity in our hearts, the Lord will not hear us. It gives us the principle in the book of Proverbs that he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but he that confesseth and forsaketh it shall have mercy. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So we need to identify what our sin is and ask God for forgiveness of our sin so that nothing hinders our prayer and nothing hinders the fellowship that God wants to have with us as well. So prayers of thanks, prayers of praise, prayers of confession, And then last Sunday morning, we were in various parts of the Scripture and we talked about the prayer of intercession. So we talked about how the intercessory prayer is praying for the needs of others. So it's a prayer to God for something for someone else. So we are praying on behalf of the needs of other individuals. And by the way, that's certainly a huge part of our prayer sheet. On that prayer sheet, we have individuals that have... Uh, needs with their health. We have some that are on there that have uh, needs with cancer. Uh, Some that have cancer. We've been praying for individuals that are on that cancer list. We have individuals on that list that have spiritual needs and we're praying on behalf of them. And we gave you a list of some individuals that we need to be praying for. Last Sunday, we talked about praying for our family and praying for our church family and Uh, praying for our country and various needs our country and the leaders of our country has as well. Remember, we identified that right from Scripture last week, that we need to be praying for kings and all that are in authority. So God gives us, He lays out for us in Scripture the importance of intercessory prayer. And one of the examples that we gave you last Sunday was the example of Paul. When Paul established these churches, he wrote epistles or letters to those churches. And he wrote those letters and he let them know, we've been praying for you. Uh, Our prayers are with you as a church. And we identified that in Romans chapter 1. And then we talked about Ephesians chapter 1 and Philippians chapter 1 and Colossians chapter 1. Where Paul says, we are making mention of you in our prayers. And then of course we took the life of Jesus how he is the greatest example of uh, 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 the pattern of intercessory prayer. We talked about intercessory prayer. We're going to get to that last type this morning, that last type of prayer that we can pray. And we're going to start in Philippians chapter 4, and we'll be at various places of the Bible. But tonight, or this morning, the type of prayer that we want to discuss this morning is the prayer of petition. The prayer of petition. And we'll identify the prayer of petition this morning as. A prayer where we are asking a personal request of God. So this is a prayer request for a need that we have. So we have thanked God, we've praised God for His goodness, and then we've confessed our sin to God. We've interceded on behalf of other individuals. And then there's times in our prayer where we can say, God, there's some needs that I have. It's a request about you and for you that God wants to hear God wants to hear these requests from His children. And so this morning, we're going to talk about prayers of petition. Now remember, as we pray to God, God knows every one of us the best or better, we'll say it that way, better than anyone knows us. He loves us. He cares for us. He wants to know what our needs are. He wants us to bring those needs to Him. And so He sees and He knows and He cares about what is ahead in your life. And He knows what lies ahead. And so He wants us to ask for the needs that we have as well. Yes, there's something special about intercessory prayer. Where He pray on behalf of somebody else. But there's something special also about prayers of petition as well. When we have a need and we present it to our God who loves us and cares for us and knows what we have need of. So turn with me if you would, if you haven't already, to Philippians chapter 4 and look with me if you would at verse number 6 and then I want to use various scriptures throughout the Bible here this morning to give us three principles this morning about prayers of petition and I hope these will be a blessing to you this morning. I want to give you some principles about prayers of petition this morning from the Scripture. But look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6. Let's notice a couple things here as an introductory text here this morning. It says this, be careful for nothing. So let's pause right there. Be careful for nothing. Here's what God's saying. He's saying, let's not get to a place in our life as Christians where we are worried about things. God doesn't want us to be worried about things. God doesn't want us to be anxious about things. Now, there are, I, I'm sure I have no doubt in my mind with a, a, a crowd this size, that there are individuals that are sitting here today, and I'm not asking you to identify yourself now, all right? But I'm sure there are some that are sitting here that would say, you know, I'm a natural worrier. I mean, that's just the tendency I have. I, I worry about things, and maybe it's something small, maybe it's something big but you just say it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what size it is or what's going on as far as the situation is concerned. I just almost feel like I just have a tendency to worry. Well, God's saying it's not okay for us to worry. As a matter of fact, because He's commanded us not to worry, then that tells me, and I hope it will encourage you this way as well, that if we get to a place where our tendency is to worry, then really we're sinning. Because God commands us not to do it. And if he commands us not to do it and we still continue to do it, then that means we're disobeying God. We're sinning against the Lord. So he says, be careful for nothing. Let's not be worried. Let's not be anxious about things. By the way, he includes a word there, doesn't he? He says, nothing. Be worried about nothing. That's that's challenging, isn't it? That's tough. He says, be worried about nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. Because he says, here's the answer for that. There is an answer for worry. There's a remedy for this. There's a remedy for not being uh, uh, worried and, and anxious about things. He says this, notice in Scripture, but in everything. Now, he just told us not to be worried about anything, and he says in everything. So whatever it is we go through in life, by prayer and supplication, now notice this, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Now I know I've used this for an illustration before, but I think it's it, 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 many times sadly, in, in our hearts this becomes true. We can have a time in which we're sitting in a church service even, and we felt God speak to our hearts, and we even respond by coming forward to an altar. and I've encouraged you with that. Frequent the altar. Make, make sure the altar is a place where you're visiting frequently. The church service and the preaching of God's word is an opportunity for God to speak to our hearts. But at the altar, this is where we speak to him. So if he's spoken to you, put feet to the way he's spoken to you and humble ourselves enough to come to the altar and just pray and spend time at the altar. But sadly, many times we can have God speak to our hearts. We can come and kneel down at an altar and we can get back up and we can go back to our place, our, our, our seat that we're sitting in. And the sad part is we took those burdens to the Lord at the altar and then we get up and we kind of start carrying it right back with us. And we don't, we don't throw it on the Lord and cast it on Him. He says, I want you to bring every request to me and then when you've spent time praying to me and you've spent time giving your request, then I want you to go about without worry, without being anxious and know that you can rest upon me. Notice what he says in verse number seven, if you would. And the peace of God... Now, we all, I think, would be honest enough to identify this in our lives. We would desire, I'm sure, for peace. We would desire peace in our lives. Aren't you glad that God is a God who can give peace? We can have peace with God when we ask Christ to be our Savior, but then during our our journey through this this life that we are living, we we can have the peace of God. Why? Because we've taken our request to Him. And then He says, you take those requests to me. I will replace your worry. I will replace your anxiety and your anxiousness. I'll replace that with peace. Now, if that isn't a promise that we can take God at His word for. And look what He says. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding. How many times in your life have you had peace where it's almost as if you can't even describe it to somebody? I mean, you're going through maybe a valley of life, but you say God is just overwhelmingly showing me his peace. I, I, I'm still able to make it through the situation I'm going through. Why? Because I have God's comfort and I have his peace in my life. And notice what it says, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what have we learned already from Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6? God's saying, I want you to bring my, your request to me. I want you to do this. It's not a bad thing for us to ask God for the needs that we have. So I tried to start out on purpose with Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, so we identify the fact that this is a good thing. God wants us to bring our needs and our requests to Him. Now I want us to notice three principles this morning about prayers of petition. The first one I want you to notice this morning, and maybe you might want to jot these down if you have something to write with there, and maybe something you can uh, encourage yourself with later. I want you to notice, number one, I want us to notice the observations of prayers of petition. You say, well, what do you mean, what do you exactly do you mean by that? Well, what can we observe from the Bible? What are some observations that we can make from the Word of God when it comes to prayers of petition. So we're going to notice, we're going to observe some things. The observations of prayers of petition. I want us to notice several familiar passages of scripture in the Bible that might be a comfort to us this morning. Would you look really quick at 1 Samuel chapter number 1. First Samuel chapter number 1, the Bible tells us the story of a lady whose name was Hannah. Now this lady becomes a mother, but at the time she's not a mother. She's a lady that just has a need. She has a burden that she wants to bring to the Lord. And the Bible tells us that this lady, Hannah, is barren. She has not given birth to children, but she desires children. Now, if she desires children, what does God tell us in His Word? If it's something that is the desire of your heart, to ask God for that desire that you have. Now now, now let's make sure we're mindful to remember the passage of Scripture in the New Testament of our Bible where the Bible says that God will not answer requests, though, if we ask amiss. So if you say, well, a desire of my heart is something that would be outside of the will of God, then don't expect Him to answer that. But if you're going to pray inside the will of God and say, hey, this is a desire that's on my heart, God wants us to have the desires of our heart. He says this, delight thyself in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. God wants you to fall in love with him and then to have the things that you desire in your life. And God says, I'll bless you that way. And some have asked the question, well, wait a minute. What if the things that I desire don't match up with God's desires? Well, if you fall in love with Jesus and you're delighting in him, what you desire and what he desires will match up. I promise you that. So she's desiring some children. And the Bible tells you she's barren, she's without children. And the Bible says that she says this. Look at, with me if you would in verse number 9 of 1 Samuel chapter 1. Now we're skipping a lot of this. At the early part of this chapter it just talks about how that she's barren without children. Verse number 9 says this. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh. Now, they had gone to Shiloh for the purpose of sacrifice, offering a sacrifice to the Lord. And the Bible says they're in Shiloh there. And after they had drunk, now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. Now, look at verse 10, if you would. And she was in bitterness of soul. This is Hannah. She was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Now, Hannah's going to pray not for a need for somebody else. She's not going to inter- She's not going to be... A, this is not going to be an intercessory prayer. She's not going to pray for somebody else. She's going to pray for a need that she has. A request that is on her heart. This is a prayer of petition. Maybe one of the... Perhaps one of the most familiar ones in the Bible. She says this in verse 11. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child... Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. Now look, skip down with me if you would at verse number 17. I know we're skipping quite a few verses, but look down at verse 17. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. So what, is, what does the, the priest Eli say? The priest Eli realizes he acknowledges the fact that this is a prayer of petition. She's asking something from God And he says, God grant you, go your way, don't worry anymore, don't be anxious anymore. As a matter of fact, she was so worried about this, she was so anxious about this, and so broken about it, that the Bible tells us she didn't even want to eat, and her countenance was changed because of this. Well, Eli, the priest says, go your way, God has heard your prayer, and I'm praying, Eli says, that he would grant your request to you. Look with me if you would at verse number 18. And she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat. Now notice this. This is something important we've got to remember. Verse 18. And her countenance was no more sad. Now remember, because of the desires of her heart, her countenance was sad. She didn't even desire anything to eat. Now let's go back in our minds to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. What did it say? Be careful for nothing. Be worried about nothing. Be anxious about nothing. But go to God in prayer. And he'll hear those requests. And then it says in verse 7, remember it? And the peace of God, which paths all understanding. Are you noticing this in the life of Hannah? After she's prayed that prayer, the Bible tells us now no longer is her countenance sad, But instead, she walks away knowing that God has heard the prayer and he will answer it in accordance to his will and in accordance to his timing. That's all that we ask God to do, right? We're trusting God and then we're saying, God, when I pray these prayers that I need, these things that I need in my life, God, I'm trusting you to hear it and answer it in accordance to your time and your will for my life. Because remember, he knows what's best, right? Now look with me if you would at verse 19. And they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned. So now they go back from Shiloh to their home after they've sacrificed to the Lord. Now notice the end of verse number 19. And came to their house to Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. He remembered those prayers because God hears the prayers of the righteous, doesn't he? And the Bible tells us he remembered those prayers and look with me if you would at verse number 20 and notice the end of the the last verse that we'll read together. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel saying because I have asked him of the Lord. That name Samuel itself means asked of God. I asked God for this son and God gave me this son. What an encouragement In this passage of scripture, Hannah cries out to the Lord. The Bible tells in verse number 11, which by the way, I think is an encouragement to us, that she even vows a vow. She included in her prayer a commitment. Can I say this real quick? It's not a bad thing during your prayer time to commit things to the Lord yourself as well. You're asking God for things. And as you ask God for things, say, God, as you meet this need... And then give a commitment to the Lord. This is what I desire to do for you. God, if you're able to meet this need, which by the way, we know he's able to, but it's in accordance to his will and his timing. Lord, I'll, 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 I'll commit to this in my life. But, but, but be mindful of what the Bible says in the Old Testament of the Scriptures. It says that it's better not to vow a vow at all than to vow a vow and not keep it. Also, how important a vow is, how important a promise is, how important a commitment is, but not a bad thing to pray and commit to the Lord. And that's what Hannah did. And can I ask you, did Hannah keep her commitment? She sure did. She kept her vow. She kept her promise to the Lord. And as soon as Samuel was old enough, she took him to the temple and certainly used of God in a great and a mighty way. So notice some things here. Notice Hannah prayed. She had a request, she had a need, and she prayed to the Lord. And then can we say this? God heard the request. God promises to hear our request. And the Bible says that God promises also to respond to our cry. When we cry to him, as Hannah cried out to the Lord, God promises that he is going to respond to our cry. Now, if you hold your place there in 1 Samuel for a moment, I'm going to go to a verse in Psalm. I want to read this that helps us to remember how that God promises that he will respond to our cry. In Psalm 34 and verse number 17, the Bible says these words, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. What is the Bible saying there? If we cry to the Lord, He gives us a promise that He is going to hear our cry and He's going to answer our request. So here's the pattern we see. Hannah prayed, God heard, just like He hears the request of those that cry, and then He answered and He granted her request. Now, can we be mindful of this, though? God does answer requests in different ways. He promises He's going to answer, but He answers them in different ways. Sometimes the answer you may receive from God is exactly the answer Hannah received where God said yes. You've asked for a child and I'm going to give you that child and God will say yes to that answer, or that, that request. Sometimes God chooses to say no. We have a little song we sing sometimes with the children and it talks about the different ways that God answers and it says sometimes God answers yes when I pray. And then sometimes God answers no when I pray and the rest of the verse of that song says just, God says no sometimes just because he loves me so. God loves us so much that there are some times when he might have to say no because he knows that's not what's best for us. Remember, he's the one that knows, right? He's the one that knows what lies ahead. So sometimes God does say yes. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God chooses to say wait. And that again is because of the thought that God knows what's best. But here's the way that that song ends. It talks about how that sometimes God says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says wait, and then it says this, but his answer is never late. You know, sometimes we might think that his answer is out of timing with ours. God, I've been asking this for a little while and I haven't got an answer back yet. Can I say in accordance to the truths of God's word, God answers the request that we give to him. It may not be exactly the answer we want and it may not be exactly in the timing we want. But God's answer is never late and we see uh, that that perfect picture here in 1 Samuel chapter one when he answered the need. Would you turn to one more passage of scripture this morning as we notice the observations of the prayers of petition. Let's notice another passage of scripture in 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles chapter number four. The Bible tells us just a few thoughts about a man whose name is Jabez. Now the Bible doesn't say much about this man so we don't know a whole lot about Jabez but it's amazing how when we read these verses here in 1st Chronicles chapter number 4, what we do learn about Jabez, because Jabez, the Bible tells us, prays a prayer to the Lord. And it's in 1st Chronicles chapter 4, and would you notice what the Bible says in verse number 9? So 1st Chronicles chapter 4 and verse number 9. The Bible says this, And Jabez was more honorable than all his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. Now look at verse number 10, if you would. Now again, we don't know much about Jabez's life. But we do see verse 9 and verse number 10. Not a whole lot. Well, wow, what a truth in this prayer that he prays to the Lord. Look at what it says in verse number 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying... Now, we'll read the prayer in its entirety here in verse number 10, and then we'll go back and look at some thoughts. Look at what he says. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. What a prayer, right? What a prayer. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse number 10. Now let's go back and notice what it says. Look at what he says. All that thou wouldest bless me indeed. What is he asking for God? What is he asking from God? God's blessings and God's favor on his life. Now let me ask you, would you desire God's blessings and God's favor on your life? I would say all of us today would say a resounding yes. We want God's blessings on our life. We want God's favor on our life. We certainly don't want his curse and his punishment on our life and his judgment. We want his blessings. We want his favor upon our lives. Are you praying that way though? Are you praying saying, God, would you bless me? Would your, would your favor be upon my life as I serve you and as I live for you? Are you praying that? Is that, that a request in your life? And then notice what he says next. What a powerful thought here he says next. He says, and enlarge my coast. Enlarge my coast. You say, well, what does that mean? I think there's a couple different thoughts, that were, a couple separate thoughts we could give to this. I think it's, it's Jabez's way of asking God for more opportunities for God. God, would you give me more opportunities to let my light shine? Would you give me more opportunities to run across people that I can be a blessing to? Let me ask you, is that a way that you pray? Do you pray for God to give you opportunities to be a blessing to other people? Do you pray for God to give you opportunities to share the gospel with people? Are you praying for opportunities? But here's another way we could say it. We could say that it's Jabez's way of asking God for the circle of his influence to be increased. God, I want to be an influence to others. Not only do I want you to give me opportunities, God, but I want you to be, an in, I want to be an influence to others for your honor and your glory. And God, I'm asking you that my circle of influence would increase, would expand, so that I can have others around me that I am able to influence. But here's another way I think we can identify those words that Jabez prays when he says, enlarge my coast. I think he's asking God also for open doors. God, would you open doors for me so that I can have opportunities to walk through those open doors for your honor and glory. And really it's Jabez's way of saying, God, just allow me to do great things for you. Oh, allow my light to shine. Allow me to be salt to others that are around me in this very evil and sinful world. God, open up doors of opportunity. Oh, do you pray that way to the Lord? Do you earnestly ask God to give you opportunities and to have open doors and to to be an influence to others that are around you? And then notice how he finishes the prayer. He says, and that thine hand might be with me. Now, when God's hand is on us, we know that there's great power that comes with that, right? So we have God's presence in our life. And by the way, his presence will never leave us because the Holy Spirit that lives within us, oh, aren't you thankful for that? But we need God's power, right? We can't do things in the Christian life without the power of God. For the teenagers, the young people that are sitting in here, you need God's power in your life. If you're saved and you're a Christian, you're on your way to heaven, you need God's power to serve him. For adults today, we need God's power, whether it be in the workplace, whether it be uh, in, 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 uh, as, as God gives us opportunity to be an influence to others around us, uh, Sunday school teachers in, in, the, in, the, in the Sunday school classroom, and as we're preaching uh, the word of God to others and involved in ministries and involved in places of service, we need God's power, don't we? And he says, all that we would have, all that I would have, God's hand upon me so that God gives me power and I have his presence in my life. But then notice what he says at the end, verse number 10. He says this, and I love this. He said, and what is keep me from evil that it might not grieve me. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, God, protect me from evil because I know how badly it'll hurt me. God, if I give in to sin and temptation and I give in to the flesh, Into the influence of the world around me and I allow the devil to tempt me to do that which I should not do he understands how awful it'll be in his life how much it'll grieve the the Lord Jesus Christ and he says allow me to be protected from all that so that your hand of blessings and your influence can be upon my life and your power and your presence so that I can be used of the Lord and then notice the Bible says this at the end of verse number 10 God granted him the request that he asked of God Now, when I look at these two illustrations as we're observing some things about the prayers of petition from the Bible, when I look at these two prayers that we just mentioned, the prayer of Hannah and the prayer of Jabez, it reminds me of a verse in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse number three, the Bible says this call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Let me ask you, are you calling upon the Lord? And are you asking God for great and mighty things on your behalf? That's not selfish. God wants you to do it. God wants you to pray. He wants you to talk to Him. Are you praying and are you talking to the Lord? And Are you asking Him for great and mighty things so that you can do things that really are outside of even your imagination or your understanding that God wants to do in you and He wants to do through you? Number one, we saw the observations of these prayers of petitions. We observed some things from the Bible. But then number two, I want you to notice the outcome of these prayers of petition. What is the outcome of all of this? Or we'll ask it this way. What is the result of praying these prayers of petition to the Lord? I want to draw your mind to a few things here today. Number one, the result of prayers of petition, number one, is salvation. You say, what do you mean by that? A a prayer of petition results in salvation? Yes, because when you asked Jesus to save you, guess who you were praying for? You were praying for your need, weren't you? You were praying for a need that you had. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse number nine and 10, it says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believeth in the righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Here's what happened. When you prayed that prayer of petition for a need that you had, when you asked Jesus to be your Savior, He granted you that petition, and He saved you because He said He would. And he keeps His promises, doesn't He? A little bit later on in that same chapter, in Romans chapter 10, and verse number 13, it says these words. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Now, you know, there might be somebody that's sitting in here today, and certainly we never want to take that for granted, that there might be somebody sitting in here today. And I hope that if you are sitting here today, and that is, and this is the case of your heart today, that you will intently listen right now and that God will speak to you. Maybe, perhaps there's somebody sitting here today that's never prayed that prayer of petition to the Lord. You've never prayed and asked God to save you. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. The Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Your life may end before this service even ends. It's that important to make sure your eternity is settled. We're not promised tomorrow, are we? And so if you've never prayed that prayer of, uh, that prayer of petition, you, we're asking, what are the results? What is the outcome of these prayers? Well, one of the outcomes, one of the results is salvation. Because we realized we had a need and we told God, I realize I'm a sinner. I believe that you died for me and I'm asking you right now to save me. And if you have called on the Lord like that and you've recognized your need and the fact that without Christ, there was a punishment, and you were going to spend eternity separated from the Lord. You've never cried out to the Lord like that. I trust that you will get that settled today. We're going to give you a moment of, invita- a, a, a moment of opportunity in our invitation time in just a moment. And we, 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 we urge you. We encourage you. that if you've never prayed that prayer of, of petition and trusted Christ as your Savior, that you would trust Him today. Oh, I'm thankful that, that somebody can take a Bible. Just like somebody took a Bible and showed me how I could trust Christ as my Savior. Somebody could take a Bible today and they could show you how you can pray that prayer of petition and you can ask the Lord to be your Savior. But here's another outcome or result of the prayer of petition. The Bible says wisdom. Wisdom is a result or an outcome of a prayer of petition because the Bible says this in James chapter 1 and verse number 5. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. If you have lack of wisdom, which I think all of us in here would acknowledge from time to time, we need more wisdom, right? We need more spiritual wisdom so that we can make decisions that we need to make. And they're based upon the way that God would instruct us, the wisdom that he would give to us. One of the outcomes of prayers of petition or the result of praying a prayer of petition, God says, you pray for wisdom and I will grant you that wisdom. Then here's another outcome or result of praying prayers of petition. The Bible says spiritual growth comes along with praying prayers of petition. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, the Bible says we are to pray without ceasing. Now, one of the ways that we grow as a Christian is by spending time with God. We're growing as a Christian. And the way that we spend time with God is we read the Word of God, which is God's way of speaking to us, and then we pray to God which is our way of speaking to God. He wants us to grow. And one of the ways that we grow is praying to God. It's it's the way of becoming better acquainted with our Savior. You know, there's a song that we sing in the hymn book, and I'm not going to take the time to read all the words to it. You might want to read the words to it later because it comes to this particular subject that we are talking about today. But it's the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Let me ask you, are you acquainted with your friend? Now, we're acquainted many times with relationships down here on earth. But God says, in order to grow, you've got to spend some time talking to the Savior. And oh, what a friend you have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry, he says, the songwriter says. Everything to God in prayer. And oh, what peace, he says, we often forfeit just because We simply do not go to God in prayer. Oh, are you willing to forfeit all that peace? Remember what we said at the start? Philippians chapter 4 verse 7, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, that only comes when you give your worry and anxiety to the Lord and you pray in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. Are you praying that way? Are you growing as a Christian as a result of becoming better acquainted with your friend Then can I say this, there's another result or an outcome of praying prayers of petition and it's simply this, to obtain things from God. Prayers of petition enable us to obtain things from God. You say, wait a minute, let's pause there for just a moment. That's a good thing to ask things from God? Sure. God wants to hear us pray, doesn't he? And God wants us to, wants to hear the request. Again, it's not a selfish thing to say, God, I have a need Now, again, not asking amiss outside of the will of God or asking for something elaborate that you know would hinder you from really being what God would want you to be. But if you've got needs, God says, I want to hear them. And what does he say in the book of Matthew? He says, ask and it shall be given to you. See, he would have never told us to ask if he didn't really want us to ask, right? As a parent, do you want your children to ask for things when they have need of them? We do, don't we? Because we know we may perhaps have the ability to take care of it. Now, if they ask for a million dollars, that'd be a problem. But if they ask for things that we say, hey, we've got an ability to take care of that. We want to be able to meet your need. We want them to ask, don't we? Hey, grandparents, how about your grandchildren? And you love those opportunities, don't you? Man, they have a need. They come to me. I realize I can help them with it. And I'm thankful that they asked, right? That's how your Heavenly Father is. He's thankful that you ask. And he says, "Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find." Who are we seeking? We're seeking God, right? We're trying to obtain the things that we need from God. We're asking, and we and we and we uh, uh, we receive. We're seeking, and we find. He says, "Knock, and the door shall be opened to you." And then a little bit later on in that passage of scripture in Matthew chapter number seven, he goes on to say this. He says, "Just like a parent, a father, a mother, wouldn't." give good things to their children he even uses some illustrations there he says if you ask for fish would a parent give their child a scorpion if they're asking for bread would the the father or the mother give them a stone no they would meet the need the the right way wouldn't they and he says oh how much greater your heavenly father wants to meet your needs but you've got to ask you've got to come to him you've got to ask you've got to seek and you've got to knock Now, there's a statement about prayer that you need to remember in your life when it comes to the prayers of petition. When you pray to God, it moves the hand of God. Can we be encouraged with that statement this morning? You say, what's the big deal about me praying? What's the big deal about spending a chunk of time throughout the course of a day to pray? Because prayer moves the hands of God. And I don't know about you, but I want God's hands to be moved for favor and blessings in my life. And the Bible says the only way that's going to happen is if we're asking and we're seeking and we're knocking. God wants to provide your needs. As a matter of fact, each week when we've been studying this, we've gone back every week, and you may remember this if you've been here for all of these messages, every time we've gone back to the model prayer, which sometimes we refer to that as the Lord's Prayer. I don't believe He wants us to use that as a prayer where we just repeat it over and over. I don't believe He wants us to do that, but I think He wants us to use it as a pattern. And in that pattern prayer or in that model prayer, he gives us examples of every one of these types of prayers. Remember, we talked about the prayer of thanks or the prayer of praise. And in that model prayer, he says, hallowed be thy name. That's that's thanks, isn't it? That's praise. And he uses the words, he says, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. That's praise. But then we talked about confession. Well, in the model prayer, we see confession because he uses those words, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. God, we need to ask you to, conf- uh, to forgive our debts and, and pray prayers of confession. But then we talked last week about intercessory prayers, praying on behalf of somebody else. Remember, he uses those words in that prayer, uh, 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 give, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, keep, he, he's, he's asking us to keep us from evil. And we gave you the thought last week that it's a matter of us asking God to meet the needs of others and to protect others. That's intercessory prayer. But then God wants us to pray prayers of petition as well. We're asking God for our needs and our protection as well. What what, what is all of that? How do we summarize all of that? What is the result of our prayer? Well, it's obtaining things from God. We're asking God for our needs, and He wants to meet the needs. We're asking Him for protection. He wants to give us protection. One final thought I want to share with you this morning. We'll be quick with this one. I'm just going to ask you real quickly, if you would, to locate the book of Psalms in your Bible. I want to give you three verses and we'll finish. Three verses in the book of Psalms. Can you look there quickly? Just locate the book of Psalms, if you would. And we're going to give you three verses to finish this message off this morning. Number one, we gave you the observations of prayers of petitions. We looked in the scripture and we observed some truths from two different prayers that we looked at this morning. Then we gave you the outcome of prayers of petitions or what's the result of praying these prayers and we gave you a list. Salvation comes from a prayer of petition. Wisdom comes. Spiritual growth comes as we're asking God for the needs that we have spiritually so that we can grow and be close to our Savior. And then we talked about it's God's way. It's it's, it's our way of obtaining things from God as well as we ask and we seek and we knock. But the last thought I want to give you this morning, and it's just three verses that I want to read through from Psalms, and we'll finish this morning. I want to finish with this this morning. I want to talk about the operation of the prayers of petition. You say, well, what do you mean by that? The operation of these prayers. How are we to cry out to God? What, what, is it, what does it look like as we cry out to the Lord? How should our, how, what, what should the operation of our prayers look like as we pray to the Lord? How do we cry out to Him? Well, notice with me, if you would, three verses in the book of Psalm. We're going to look at Psalm 3 first. Would you locate Psalm 3? Psalm 3, and I'm going to ask you to look down, if you would, at verse number 4. Number 1, we're to cry, with, we're to, cry to God with our voice. With our voice, we're to cry to God. Look at what it says in Psalm 3 and verse number 4. It says this, Psalm 3 and verse number 4. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and He heard me out of His holy hill. And then he uses the word selah at the end. You see that word selah at the end of the verse? That's God's way in scripture of saying, think about that one for a moment. Think about it for a moment that when you cry to the Lord, He hears your cries. Oh, that's an encouragement, isn't it? So the first thought this morning: what is the what what would we say is the operation of these prayers of petition, or, or how do we cry out to the Lord? We do it number one with our voice. God wants to hear you, He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear you pray to him. You say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Does that mean if I'm not praying out loud, God's not hearing me? No. No, let's not take that verse and and, and look at it that way. It's a matter of saying, I'm, I'm, I'm actually giving these requests to the Lord. I'm not silent about it. I'm giving these requests over to the Lord, whether it be an out loud voice, whether it be in a quiet voice, however you address those to God, he's hearing those and he wants you to cry out to him with your voice. But then notice if you would, Psalm 9. Psalm 9, if you would. Psalm 9, just a couple psalms over. Look at Psalm 9 and look at the end of verse number 12. The end of verse number 12, it says this. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Now, how are we to cry to the Lord? Number one, we're to cry to the Lord with our voice. But number two, we're to cry with the Lord with humility. With humility, now, here's what God is asking of us. If we are going to pray prayers of petition, to not be selfish in those prayers. Now, I know the Bible even talks about this, how that individually, we're, 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 a, we're, we're naturally individuals that, that we, we want to take care of ourselves, don't we? I mean, we want to make sure things are right with us. And God's saying, but let's not be, get to that place in our prayer time where we're asking God in a selfish way but come to Him with our voice and come to Him in humility. And the last verse I'll ask you to look up this morning is Psalm 86. Could you go to Psalm 86 for just a moment? Psalm 86, and when you've located Psalm 86, would you look down at verse number three and we'll finish with this verse this morning. Psalm 86 and verse number three, the Bible says this. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee, what's the last word? Daily. Daily. Here's how God wants to hear us cry to Him. Number one, with our voice. Number two, God wants us to come to Him with humility, but He wants us to also come to Him with consistency. With consistency. Hey, let our prayers of petition be prayers of consistency. May we be consistent in our prayer time as we're speaking to the Lord. May it be daily... That we're giving these requests and these petitions to the Lord for the needs that we have and spending some time thanking God and praising God and spending some time confessing our faults and our sins and our shortcomings and our failures to Him because He wants this, us to confess so things can be right between us and Him and then some time praying intercessory prayers on behalf of other individuals. Let's come to Him. What's the operation of these prayers of petition? What does it look like as we cry out to the Lord? We cry with our voice. We cry with humility. And we cry to God with consistency. May we be praying prayers of petition. We've noticed some examples in the scripture today. And then we've noticed the results of these prayers. And then we've noticed how to pray these prayers of petition. May we be people of prayer. Father, I pray that you would bless this moment of invitation this morning. Lord, help us not to be so hasty with getting out of the building and away from the service, Lord, that we don't do what you'd have for us to do.